were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. You can have your seat. Now, one of the immediate things that you notice as you look at this passage is that that, that blessing that was spoken to the shepherds in that field was not the only place that that blessing was to be received. The text says it. It says that the blessing of joy was to be for all people. But let me ask you this morning, what is it that most inhibits you from joy? I would say probably one of the great things that inhibits our joy is fear. And I think that's why the angel told the shepherds to fear not. Now, you know, as we head into a season like this, honestly, we all idealize and and maybe even uh, reflect on times of joy. We want to experience the joy that is promised to the world. But the fact is that as we head into a season like this, for many, it's a season that actually casts a shadow of fear. You know what I'm talking about. You, you may fear that you don't have enough. Maybe you fear that you've spent too much. Maybe you fear being alone. Maybe you fear that you've got to get together with some people. Uh, maybe you fear some of those old family wounds and dysfunctions as you head into that time when, quite honestly, it may be the only time you see Uncle Bob or Aunt Sally. But, but we all come to this season with our own sets of fear. But what I want to say to you this morning is that this gift of blessing is intended for you, not just those shepherds. What I want to say to you this morning, church, is fear not. The blessing that was on offer to those shepherds 2,000 years ago is the same blessing that's on offer to you today. And I want you to hear something. The reason why the angel of the Lord was able in that moment to stand and offer blessing was because he was representing a Lord of blessing. The Lord longs to bless his people. In fact, the Lord longs to bless all people, as the text tells us. So I want you to follow with me. Take a little stroll down memory lane as we look at the scriptures this morning. All the way back at the beginning in Genesis 1, we see that after God created and called it good, brought the original family together, Adam and Eve, what is the first thing that we see he does? He blesses them and he calls it good. Then Genesis 12, we see God finding Abraham. And there he he takes Abraham and he promises him, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And when I bless you, you yourself are going to become a blessing to all the people. 
and all the nations around you. Well, then you move a little further into the story, and in Numbers chapter 6, you see that God tells Moses to charge the priests to form and shape this culture of blessing by essentially creating a, a, a time and a place and a way in which the priests could bless the people of God. Well then, you move from that part of the story and you move on into the wisdom literature and you see the wisdom of blessing. In Proverbs chapter 31, you see where men and children are counseled to, to bless wives and mothers. And then you move on into the New Testament. And you see where in Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6, God tells women and children to, to bless the men and the fathers by honoring them. And then you, you even move on into uh, Matthew chapter 10, where you see Jesus himself showing his disciples this pattern of blessing as he puts his hands on the children and, and blesses them. You see, you, you begin right from the outset to see that blessing was not merely the business of angels. It's the work of all the people who belong to the kingdom of God. And so, I think you're probably asking now, well, if I'm a part of the kingdom, what is a blessing? What does it mean to bless? Well, consider Numbers chapter 6. If you want to go there, you're welcome to. But that's the famous passage where God tells Moses, tell the priests to bless like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now what is that? What's going on there? What are the priests doing? Well, if you look at those words, you see that through speaking to God's people, through the spoken word, the priests were actually bestowing a sense of affection or, or empowerment to the people of God. What, what the priests are actually doing is building into God's people a sense of His favor and his acceptance. This is at the heart of blessing. And I want you to think about this this morning. Who out there does not like to be blessed? We all love a good blessing. We're, we're hardwired for blessing. We long for blessing. And the good news is, God wants to give it. It's in his nature to bless. But you know, as we move on into the New Testament, the, the scriptures call us a priesthood. And as priests, what do priests do? We've just seen priests bless. So you now, being the people of God, the priests of God, a holy priesthood, 
God now wants you not only to receive his blessing, he wants you to give it. He wants you to live out of the blessing. He wants the blessing to flow out of you. And that's why in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says, freely receive and freely give. Now, look, as I began to find the importance of blessing, several years ago as I began to look in, into this, uh, this idea, I started to see it all over the scriptures. You just got a sampling of that a moment ago. But as I would watch the blessing take place in the scriptures, something really stood out to me. You know, of course, the, the patriarchs would speak words. And, and if you look at the, you know, the, the concept of blessing as it would come through the Old Testament, there was a bit of production about these words. I mean, they kind of made something out of it. But it wasn't just their words. One of the things I noticed was that they were always putting hands on each other. You know, the, the, the fathers were always, you know, laying hands on the children. And especially right, the right hand. I always wondered what that right hand was all about. Well, you know, I didn't, I didn't exactly know. But as I began to, to look into this, one of the things that came to my mind was uh, my own dad. And... I can remember as a child, sometimes just standing next to my dad, and, and he would just quietly put a, a hand on my shoulder. He'd just be standing there, maybe, I don't know, in a crowd or, uh, you know, watching something together, and he'd just lay his hand on my shoulder. Now, we didn't talk about it, and I wasn't exactly sure what that was all about, but I knew what it made me feel. And what it made me feel was my father's favor. It made me feel his affection toward me. And I just kind of assumed that as I was seeing this thing in the scripture, that that was the point. And then I learned it was the point. That's what the hand, the right hand is all about. The right hand on the shoulder or on the head, is all about favor. It's all about affection between parents and their children. And so I thought, well, I'm going to start doing this. This, is, this sounds like a good idea. And so I remember, uh, you know, as I started to practice this in my own family, um, one thing I, I really enjoyed doing was when I would talk to Maddie, when I would catch her doing something good or, you know, when I would see her doing the right thing, I'd, I'd pull her aside and I'd tell her, hey, you know what, you're really good at that. Hey, you know, I, I, I saw you doing that thing and I'm so proud of you. But what I would do in addition to the words is I'd pull her up on my lap and I'd put my hand on her shoulder or on her head. And I'd, I'd speak those words. Well, you know, let me tell you, you, you know, you, you do these things and you're not even sure if it's landing or having an impact. Well, eventually I fell out of the habit. And one day when I was, you know, thinking to hand her another compliment, I sat down across the room and 
I think I began to say something to her, and out of instinct, this was now a few years ago, but out of instinct, she came and she crawled up on my lap. And, and, and she took my hand and she put it on her shoulder. If you think that blessing is just ritual, let me tell you, practice it for yourself and see what kind of difference it makes. Now, you know, church, from, from time to time, we, we find ourselves in those places in our life. And I think the holidays can be this kind of time. We long for the family blessing. And quite honestly, we long for it because it's how we're made. We're wired for the family blessing. From the time we're young, we are created to want blessing. And you know, there are so many ways that we receive it. You, you know the many ways that you receive blessing. Think about it. Somebody speaks a word of encouragement to you. Somebody speaks a word of empowerment to you. Somebody gestures to you. Somebody just with their countenance, you know, lifts up, like that scripture says, lifts up their countenance on you and gives you peace with just a look. There are so many ways in which you can be blessed, in which you are blessed. And you know, as a, a mom or a father or a brother or a sister, you get the great privilege of extending that blessing, of giving it to the people around you. But here's the truth. Oftentimes we don't bless. We don't bless because, well, maybe we don't remember being blessed. Maybe we don't give because we don't remember receiving. And maybe we haven't received as much as we'd like. You know, the truth is that sometimes in our homes and in other social environments, we've been a part of environments that were more effective at cursing than they were blessing. And, you know, that's not ideal. It's not what we wanted, but it's, it's the fact. So what's a curse? Well, it's the opposite of a blessing. I mean, if, if blessing produces acceptance, cursing produces rejection. If blessing says, you're mine and you belong to me, cursing says, you don't belong here. If blessing honors, cursing dishonors. If blessing encourages, cursing discourages. If Blessing heals. Cursing wounds. If blessing produces open, open compliment, cursing will produce a, a critical kind of gossip behind the scenes. And look, church, sin is the result of the curse. And you and I know that in one way or another, we have all been under the influence of the power of the curse. We've received the curse and we've given the curse. It's not how it was intended to be, but we live through it. And yet, 
we come to moments of choice. We each have a choice. And I want to let you hear a choice that God gives to His people. The first time He gave it was way back in Deuteronomy chapter 30. And He said, This day I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God and listen to His voice and hold fast to Him. Listen, church. If you today are under the oppression of a culture of cursing, today is your day to break free. You can, you can throw this off. You don't have to live under this kind of influence. You can heal. You can. I mean, you can live with the confidence that acceptance brings into your life. You don't have to live anymore beneath the dignity of being a child of the Most High God. Look, I know that looking out at a room this size, that not every one of us grew up in a culture of blessing. But if your family of origin or people that you knew in your life, whether it was at school or, uh, you know, unfortunately sometimes you even experience it at church. If, if you feel like you have received the inheritance of dysfunction, if you feel like you've been the recipient of a curse and not a blessing, well, let me tell you, church, you have now been given an offer, you've been given a gift, you've been made a part of an inheritance of a whole new family dynasty. It doesn't matter where you've come from. You now have God as your father and Jesus as your big brother. And I want to promise you this morning that they have your back. They're for you and they are not against you. They are here to bring you a hope and a future and if you'll receive it, you'll find a whole new inheritance in front of you. I want you to listen how your big brother Jesus deals with the culture of cursing. And while you listen to this, I want you to hear what was it that made the angel of the Lord say to those shepherds, fear not. And to all the peoples, joy is on offer. Let me tell you why he was able to do that. In Galatians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul gives us the answer. He tells us, Christ redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hung upon a tree. Now what is he saying? Well, what he's saying is that Christ was crucified 
and He was raised from the dead, not merely to bring you forgiveness of sin. And that's a great blessing, and you can be thankful for that. But you see from what Paul wrote that Jesus didn't merely die for that. He also died and rose from the dead to do what? To reverse the curse and impart the blessing. Listen, Christ died to absorb your curses. Christ rose from the dead to break the power of those curses. And if you know the story of Scripture, if you're a, a man or a woman of Scripture, you know that when He ascended to the Father, where does, he, where does He sit? He sits at the right hand. And in my mind, I just have this picture of the right hand on Jesus. And He's receiving. And from that place, what does the Scripture say? That He went to the right hand. He ascended to the Father. He went to the right hand so that He could do what? Send the blessing. That's the story. Look. You know, Paul not only understood what it was to, to receive the blessing and, and be freed up from, from that sense of being cursed, but Paul also knew what it was to give it. Listen to what he says in Romans chapter 15. He says... He's talking to the church in Rome and he says something that's kind of, kind of bold. He says, when I come to you, when I come to you, I know that I'm coming with the full measure of the blessing of Christ. Now, if you know Paul and most of what he says in other places, this isn't, Paul's not beating his chest. This isn't Paul being a, just being arrogant. Paul understands what he's received. He understands that there's a fullness in it. You see, it's not just the forgiveness of sins. It comes with a whole lot more. And Paul says, I've received that. I know how to receive it. And when I come, I'm coming to give it. You see, Paul not only learned how to receive, he understood the kingdom principle that you are now called to give out of what you've received. And I want to live out of that understanding. I don't want to live out of a mentality of scarcity. I want to live out of a mentality that I am under the full blessing if I can receive it. And you know what? I don't want to just be blessed. I want a lineage of blessing. And I don't want just a lineage of blessing. I don't want to just bless my family. I want a church that is blessed and knows how to bless. Look, I, I want to see my child blessed. And I want to see my child blessing her children. But, but there's so much more to it than that. I don't want to just give it to my child. I want, I want the generations to live under the waterfall of God's blessing. 
I want my kids and your kids and my grandchildren and your grandchildren. I want them to know how to receive the blessing. But in line with that first family of our faith, I want them to know how to give it. I want them to know how to be a blessing to the world around them. Now, if you'll get in on that kind of family culture, I promise you that you'll find that this gift just keeps on giving. It, it, it gives between moms and their, and their children. It gives between grandparents and their grandchildren. It gives from one generation to the next. Because you can see it. You can see in the family, if you look at a family line, you will see whether that family line has been more effective at blessing or cursing. What you sow, you'll reap. It will keep on giving. I want you to listen to the text in Luke chapter 2. It's, it's the inspiration for that world-famous Christmas song. You know what I'm talking about, joy to the world. And, and you know, the, the, the hymn actually, pro, I, mean, I mean, so the, the text is the inspiration for that song, and it, it points us to a blessing that carries joy. Well, then the hymn itself promises the same thing, and, and you know, you have to ask Why? Well, look at the song. Consider the song. If, if any of you are word people, maybe you can even look it up on your phone right now. Now I'm giving you permission. Go ahead and look on your phone. But here's, here's what the lyric says. The, the song tells you. you. You know the song. He comes to make his blessings known. Far as the curse is found. Far as the curse is found. Look, folks, it's, it's either blessings or curses. And you don't have to go too far to find the curse. The world dishes it out. And if you don't sow a culture of blessing, if you yourself don't build that around you and your people, the world will sow its curse. And you won't reap joy, you'll reap fear. And you know what I mean. Some of you know exactly what I mean. Let me ask you, how many of you have ever lived in the fear of rejection? Or the fear of being dishonored? Or the fear of discouragement? Or the fear of pain? How many of you have ever lived under the fear that you don't belong? There's not enough love to go around for you. How many of you have lived under the curse? Maybe I should ask how many of you haven't. But here's the good news. The good news is you don't have to live in that kind of fear anymore. Your big brother Jesus has given you the blessing that he himself has received. Well, you got to know this. You now are part of His family if you belong to Him. You now can have what He has been given. And as a matter of fact, He came into the world to give you what He's been given. 
And he's good at giving because he's good at receiving. And you you can see this at so many different points in the Scripture, but there's that one place in Mark chapter 1 at his baptism where Jesus is receiving what you and I know as the blessing of the Father. The Father's blessing. And there you, you see, you know, let me say just before I unfold this to you, look, receiving is important. If, if you can't receive, if you've got something built up blocking you off from reception, this is going to be really hard. If, if you can't receive, it's almost impossible to give. It's, it's near impossible to give what you haven't received. And so it's important to receive. And Jesus does it. We see it as baptism. The heavens open. The, the dove descends there on his shoulder. And a voice speaks from heaven. And when the voice speaks, what does it say? It speaks blessing. You are my son, whom I love. In you, I'm well pleased. Now look, I've heard my my mentors and counselors and teachers over the years say that humanity needs some fundamental blessings. And that includes you, and that includes me, and that includes our children and our children's children. And, And those Three fundamental blessings that I've often heard them mention are blessings that we see unfolded in this text. Blessings of acceptance and blessings of affection and blessings of affirmation. Think about it. What is is the Father saying to the Son? You are my Son. What is that? That's acceptance. You're my son. You didn't do anything to become my son. You're just my son. And then you're my son with whom I'm well pleased. Or or you're my son whom I love. What is that? That's, That's the father's affection. And then you hear him say, with you I'm I'm well pleased. What is that? That's affirmation. That's the Father's blessing. It's all right there. It's acceptance. He accepts us. You didn't didn't earn it. You You didn't have to qualify for it. You're His child. You just are. You're accepted. You're accepted. Can I just tell you, you're accepted for who you are today. Look, on December 25th, when the party hits, you've got the Father's blessing. And guess what? On Monday the 26th, when the party's over, you still got the Father's blessing. If, if you got everything you wanted for Christmas this year, if every gift that you'd hoped for lands under your tree, well, you've got the Father's blessing. And if you get a lump of coal in your stocking, guess what? 
you've still got the Father's blessing. If, if you spent on everybody this year, or if you spent on nobody this year, guess what? You still have the Father's blessing. This isn't about performance. You don't have to earn it. He gives it freely. But not only does He accept you, He, he loves you. His affection is on you. It's your inheritance. It belongs to you. I want you to feel the hand of the blessing of the Father on your shoulder this morning. And you know what? With you, he's well pleased. Because of Jesus, when he sees Jesus, he sees you and he's well pleased. You have his affirmation. So what I want you to do this morning you know, as you head into the Advent season, church, I want you as, you, as you move into this month, I want you to practice something. And this is what I want you to practice. Before you get out of bed every morning, you just sit up at the edge of your bed when, you, when the alarm clock goes off, before you get your shower, before you get your cup of coffee, before you go out and check your mailbox to see if the Christmas bonus came, just do this. Just sit at the edge of your bed and just quietly put your hands out and say, Father, I, I want to receive the blessing. I'm yours. I'm, I'm ready for the blessing. And you know, as I did that this morning, I sat at the edge of my bed and before I saw anybody else's face, before I thought about standing up here this morning, and I just, I just sensed the hand of God's empowerment on me. I sensed his favor. I sensed him whisper into my ear, give him what you got, boy. Look, when you receive the blessing of being able to say Father to God, when you receive the blessing of, of knowing how to pray that, not as a ritual, but as a, a lifestyle, it'll change you. It'll, it'll turn the way you see things. And I want to invite you this morning to, to do that, to receive the Father's blessing. Practice receiving, because without receiving, it, it's hard to, to give it out. And look, you know, I want to encourage you as we head into this season. I want, I want to encourage you to keep your eye on the blessing. Abraham knew something. He, he knew something. He, he, he could see something. And he kept his eye on the blessing. And as he kept his eye on the blessing, it, it was that that enabled him to transfer it down to Isaac and then down to Jacob. Keep your eye on the blessing, church. Receive it. But look, don't just receive it. Don't just be selfish with the blessing. Be people that give it. And you know, I, I want to just end this morning by encouraging you in some ways of how you can give that blessing. I don't want to tell you how to bless. 
Eh, that's really for you. I mean, you know, it's, it's for you how to wrap the gift, if you will. But, but, you know, there are some common ways of packaging this, and so let me just share some of those ways with you. You've already heard me mention a few. There's the, the blessing of the spoken word. You can bless through a touch. You can bless through a look that you give or, or, or you know, what's on your countenance. You can bless through action. And you can bless by helping people catch a picture of a good future. Let me, let me explain. Many of you have heard the story about the, the guy who, when he got married, you know, he did all the I do's and said all the things at his wedding, and then he gets into married life, and, you know, he just, he just never said I love you anymore. And one day, the, you know, the wife went to him, and she said, well, how come you don't ever tell me you love me? And he said, well, honey, I told you when we got married I loved you. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. Well, church, that's how not to give a blessing. An unspoken blessing usually doesn't work. So drop them in there. Guys, I'm giving you a little help. Drop them in there. Use your words. You know, I, I used to hear my wife when my daughter was growing up say to Maddie, use your words. Well, I, I got smart to that. I thought that's good advice. Use your words. And, you know, if I'm banging on all cylinders, I do. Honey, you look great today. Man, with that scarf, that makes you look beautiful. You know, babe, you're, you're the best decision I ever made. I'm so glad that we're doing this thing together. Just drop them in there. They work. Well, and then there's touch. And, man, you know... I just think those, I think those blessings are awesome. Um, you know, touch. I mean, touch is awesome. Um, I'm not much of a hugger, but I'm a hand-on-the-shoulder kind of guy, a hand-on-the-head kind of guy. I love, I love to, you know, bless my, my kid that way. I mean, an appropriate touch, let me tell you, it's a blessing. Because if you model appropriate touch... They'll know when there's inappropriate touch. Bless them. Bless them early and often so they know. And then my wife, oh my goodness, you know, my wife, she knows how to turn me into a puddle of blessing. You know, she'd come up behind me and just lightly touch me on the back of the neck and whisper a blessing in my ear. It's not your business what she might be whispering, but let me tell you, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Don't get uptight about that. God said it. Go back into the early part of Genesis. He called it a blessing. Let it be a blessing. It's a blessing. How about, um, how about the, the blessing of a look? You know, just somebody's countenance. You know, a, a kind look, a, a smile. I got to be honest with you. I need some work on this one. It's not my strong point. Um, I mean, I can be like totally feeling it in my heart. I can be thinking amazing thoughts. But somehow, 
you know, that all may be going on inside of me, but what, what, you know, what makes it out to my, like, I don't know, somehow it doesn't all communicate to my face. It doesn't travel well to my face. Um, one time, uh, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, I was, I'd taken Maddie out uh, one evening. It was on Valentine's Day, and I, I took her out dancing. Now, I know you guys all look at me and think, oh, yeah, Jim, obviously a dancer. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a dancer. But, but I, I do swing dance. I'm a swing dancer. It's, I don't know. I learned it along the way, and, and I like to do it. So I took Maddie out, and we went swing dancing on a Valentine's Day. And, man, I was feeling it. I was feeling it. I, we, we, we had a blast, and it was a blessing to her and to me. I can promise you that. It's a memory that she won't forget. She's kind of probably cringing right now in her seat. Um, but look, you know, I remember coming away from that moment, took some pictures, put my best pictures up on Facebook, and I thought to myself, I looked at those pictures, I was proud of them. I thought, no, I, yeah, those are great pictures. I, you know, because I knew what was going on in here. I could feel the blessing, but... Not everybody else could see the blessing. I won't name any names. Well, you know, the person I'm talking to is here this morning. But this friend of mine, she saw my pictures and, and she said, Jim, I'm having a hard time with the level of excitement I see on your face. And I thought... I don't know. I mean, I'm doing the best I can. I'm totally feeling it. But uh, look, you know, like I said, I'm, I, I don't want to tell you how to package the gift. You know, you got to work with what you got to work with. Unfortunately, I can be having this amazing experience inside, but what makes it to my face is this. That's what I got to work with. Use what you got, but, but the point is this. The point is, know how to connect. Know how you need to connect with that person. How do they receive blessing? Look, you know, I'm, I'm a touch guy. My wife, she's actions. I mean, I love a good hand on the shoulder. She loves it when I take out the garbage. You know, this week, I knew I was given this message, and, you know, I was in it all week. I was feeling it, you know? I mean, I wanted to, I didn't want to just preach a sermon. I want to leave a legacy. And so all week, I was, I was working. I was letting it flow. I mean, I was poetic this week. I said all the right words. I know I did. But man, when I offered to take out the garbage yesterday... Come on, my wife was ready to throw a party. I thought she was going to start whispering in my ear. But that's not even the point. I wasn't fishing for a blessing. It's not you give to get, but it is the gift that keeps on giving. The point is, again, know what is the language of blessing to the person you're with? And then speak that language. Bless them. And then finally, there's that gift of being able to sit with somebody and project out into the future. 
and, and give them a good picture of the future. You know, this is a huge part of the Father's blessing. It's huge. I mean, think about it. If you look at the Scriptures, is not God always talking to us about our future? He's always speaking about the future. From the, from the first chapters of the Bible, at the beginning, He's talking about the end. He's always speaking into our future. Nobody does it better than He does. You know, I, I, um, when, when, I, when I do this, let me, let, me, let me kind of try to paint a picture of what I'm saying here. I'm not, I'm not telling you to, to be manipulative. This isn't about manipulating somebody. But it is about seeing a good future. And it is about pointing in the direction of that good future. That's a blessing. It's an incredible blessing. And you know, just yesterday afternoon, I, I, walked, I was finishing up preparation on this message, and I walked upstairs into my kitchen. And my wife and my daughter were in the kitchen, and they were, they were working on a meal together. And, and I walked into them laughing and having a good time and, and playing as they're you know, putting, you know, putting this meal together, and, and it was like I took a snapshot of it in my mind. And it was as if I heard the Lord say this, this is a picture of blessing. Don't miss it. And I didn't. I didn't miss it. I spoke to it. And this is what I said. I said, you know what? I love to see the two of you working together. I love to see you having fun. I love to you know, see you laughing and, and accomplishing things together. And you know, I was speaking to the moment. It was a spontaneous moment. But I can guarantee you, I was seeing further than the moment. I was looking into the future. And let me tell you what I see. I don't just see my wife and my child sharing a moment of joy. I see my granddaughters and my grandsons. I see my friends and I see my neighbors. I see some of you as my family touches your family. Look, I envision my family being a channel of blessing for a long time. And I intend to invest in that. I intend to invest in it today. And you know, just last week, I, I watched this unfolding. I saw my wife and my daughter sharing out of the joy of the Father's blessing to Syrian and Palestinian refugee kids as we traveled through the, the country of Jordan. And I couldn't have been more proud of my girls in that moment. Here we are thousands of miles away from home, and they're making other people feel at home. That's at the heart of the Father's blessing. Will you choose a culture of blessing? Will you bless instead of curse? Because you'll reap what you sow. And what sits before you 
this morning is life and death, blessing and cursing. Bless, bless so that your children might live and live in the land of the Father. Team, if you just come and close us uh, with one song. Um, just going to ask uh, that as, as they come, let me, let me pray a blessing over us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance on you and give you peace.